Welcome back to the Clean and Filthy Podcast, where we are clean and serene with a filthy mind in between. I am your host, Matthew M., and I am an addict in recovery. Welcome back, everyone. Episode 18. So thankful and grateful to everybody for being here on this journey with us. Um, I'm so excited to be here today. Hopefully, everybody had a blessed week. Hopefully, if you're in Arizona, you're doing something to stay out of the heat since we're hitting 117 this week, and it is ridiculous. Like, I remember when I was a kid, and I'd be out playing in the in the streets all summer. I don't know how I did that. Like, I, I think back at those times, I had to have been, like, the, the biggest masochist ever to be just out riding my bike through the oven that is the summers in Arizona and the Southwest in general. So... Hopefully everybody's staying cool, has your AC working quadruple time like mine is currently, um, and just welcome. Welcome for, you know, thank you for being here. I have to say, I knew it was going to happen eventually, um, and today I'm feeling a little under the weather. Um, I had my son this past weekend. He decided that he didn't want to sleep past 6 a.m., and... Um, Anybody who knows me knows I don't do too well on no sleep, so I've got a little bit of a scratchy voice. Um, I'm sorry if I sound like a, a phone sex operator, so I apologize, or you're welcome, depending on your perspective on all that. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm a little under the weather today, but we're going to get through. We're going to press on because we've got episode 18 today. We're going to be talking about tradition number six. We're going to be talking about my favorite moments of the week. We're going to be answering more of your questions. And we are, of course, going to be giving them clean time shout outs. But before we go any further, we got to give a big thank you to our episode sponsor, Etc. by Emily. All of your information is down in the description below. So if you're looking for a job or if you're looking for event staffing or party staffing, check her out below. Also, you have to give a huge thank you to Valentino Khan, Alice in Wonderland, and Mad Decent Records for the wonderful song, Anything. I, I get to hear it twice every single episode, and I love it so much. I would love to know how many downloads and streaming you know, numbers that song has done just from me. Because it's been a lot. So I'm just going to say that. Um, also, before we, we go any further, you know, we have to give a huge thank you to our VIP supporters. These are the people on Patreon who are helping grow this product with donations. And they are Alex B., Cindy, Stephanie, Char, 
Clint and Alex T. For anybody who's interested in becoming a VIP supporter on this podcast, please head over to Patreon. You can get there easiest by going to www.cleanandfilthypodcast.com and click right there on the top right where all of the uh, social media links are and you can become a contributor through that. And if you are, then you will get one of these awesome clean and filthy podcast stickers sent to you so you can display it and get people knowing what we are and who well who we are and what we do what we are and who we do whoops all right like i said i'm a little fuzzy today but we got the yeet juice we got a a nice cup of tea with some honey in it to soothe my sultry vocal cords and hopefully it works so Again, thank you, everybody, for being here. Thank you, everybody who's new from Twitter, who's new from Instagram, who maybe is just new in general. If you're here, welcome to the Clean and Filthy Podcast. Again, my name is Matthew M. I am an addict, and the Clean and Filthy Podcast is a podcast all about 12-step recovery. We are here live on YouTube every single Tuesday at 5 p.m., I apologize. It was 5.02 today because my streaming software decided it didn't want to start the stream. But we are here and we proceed. So if you want to check us out live, head on over to YouTube. Again, all of our information is listed on the website. So you can just head over there, like us on all social media. Make sure to subscribe to our channel on YouTube so you are First to know when we get a new episode live. It'll give you a notification. You can come check it out. And if you're live right now, what up, chat? Hope everybody's out there having a great day, avoiding the heat, not dying of heat stroke. And if you are watching on YouTube right now and you want to help support this channel, please make sure to download this episode wherever you consume podcasts from. Really helps our numbers. They go up. We get more exposure. We help more people. So gotta say that if you aren't watching on youtube right now and you're listening on a podcast directory thank you for checking us out hopefully you hear something you like hopefully you come back next week and then you know continue this whole process if you are on that podcast directory and you like what you hear please share us maybe throw us a rating throw us a like really helps us you know gets to see our growth and uh, really hopefully you know, get to that potential that that I believe this podcast has, you know, the potential to help people. And if you want to partake in the live stream, head on over to YouTube. We have a lot of fun. I love doing the live stream element. We're actually going to talk about that a little bit more later on in this show about the whole live element and just how much fun it is for me. So thank you, everybody, for being here. Thank you, everybody, for all of the support, the likes, the comments, the retweets, the shout outs, all of that. You guys are helping us grow. We couldn't do it without y'all, period. So it's because of y'all that this prod, that this program is building. You know, it's because of y'all this podcast is building. And um, I'm really excited to see where things are going to go. So thank you, everyone. Before we get into our first segment, we have to talk about what we are, what we do, what we don't do. Again, my name is Matthew M. This is the Clean and Filthy Podcast. I am an addict in recovery, and this podcast is all about 12-step recovery. This is the things that us addicts go through and, and process through on a daily basis. So if you are in recovery, 
welcome. If you're not in recovery, welcome. If you use drugs, welcome. If you've never used drugs, welcome. Because the beautiful thing about 12-step recovery is that this isn't about not using drugs. It is about becoming a better human being and finding the ways that we grow and improve our lives. And we do that based on the 12-step recovery model. But I want to make sure to stay in line with the traditions, especially since we're working through the traditions currently. Um, And I will not be speaking from a point of authority or identification from any one specific fellowship. I will not be recommending any one you know, specific treatment center or sober living or recovery residence or anything like that, because I want to make sure to stay in line with the, with the traditions. But if you have questions about how to get to a meeting or what my home group is or what fellowship I work or how to find a sponsor or how to find a recovery residence slash sober living, please reach out to me. You can contact me directly at Matthew at clean and Or you can head on over to the website, www.cleanandfilthypodcast.com, and make sure to to send us a message there on our Contact Us page. Um, I'm more than happy to discuss those things with you. We just don't discuss them here on the podcast. So if you have questions or there's something more than we discuss here, reach out to me. I love talking to people. Part of the reason I have a podcast, I love talking and I love being able to help people. Second reason that I have a podcast. So please don't be shy. Reach out to me. I would be more than happy to help however I can, but I just want to make sure that it's clear what we do and don't do on this show. Also, got to give a quick mention that the website is acting up a little bit in terms of new uh, down. I'm sorry, new videos and new uh, new episodes being uploaded to it. For whatever reason, the last two episodes are having issues being uploaded for for you know playback on the website. But there are plenty of other ways to hear our podcast episodes. Um, Again, just go to the website. All of our social media is listed there. And I spam our, our, our location um, for our podcast directory stuff all over social media. So if you have any question or you're having an issue going to the website, there are plenty of other options. Um, and I will be more than happy to, to direct you to them so that you download the previous episodes. So that's what we do. That's what we don't do. And that's kind of what we're here for. You know, we want to help de- develop a community around recovery. We want to be able to answer questions. We want to help people. We want to, to clear up misconceptions and stigma and, and labels and these things that, you know, for a lot of us addicts are very, very difficult to process through, to work through. And this podcast is an opportunity for all of us to collectively grow together to, to change the perception of addiction, to change the stigma of the disease of addiction and be able to, to leave the world a better place than, than we found it. And that, for me, is the ultimate goal. So if you're here for the first time, welcome. Hopefully you hear something you like. And when you do, please share it. Please like it. Please subscribe to a tweet, retweet, all that. And then come back next week. That's kind of how we do it here. So This is not going to replace going to a meeting or calling your sponsor or doing step work in whatever fellowship you're in. This is just supposed to be an added bonus to recovery. So that's what we do. That's what we don't do. That's who we are. That's who I am. And let's get into our first segment. Let's head to the lab for some R&D. Recovery and development. 
That's right, y'all. We are here in our first segment of the week entitled Recovery and Development. This is the part of the show where we look at different steps, traditions, concepts, or spiritual principles from the 12-step recovery model. We discuss them. We give the background of them. We discuss how us addicts put these into our lives and really how we use them to grow. So if you're, you know, if you're not an addict, that's okay. As I always say, the beautiful thing about recovery is that it's not just about not using drugs. It's about becoming a better human being. It's become, it's about growing into our full potential. And we do that by working steps and traditions and concepts and implementing those spiritual principles within them into our lives. So we are on tradition number six and crazy that we're on to episode 18. I, I'm, I'm still just blown away by that fact. The, the, the numbers, the downloads, the fact, the fact that this is going and it's going well, I am eternally grateful to all of you. So thank you again for the support. But I digress. So traditions, as we discussed before, are, are the next level of recovery stuff. Episodes 1 through 12, we covered uh, steps 1 through 12. Now, since episode 13 until now, we've been going through the traditions. And just like the steps build on each other, so do the traditions. So if you haven't listened to the last couple episodes, I highly recommend it, especially with Tradition 6, because it goes hand in hand with Tradition 5, and Tradition 5 builds off of Tradition 4, and Tradition 4 builds off of Tradition 3, and so on and so forth. So I highly recommend going back and checking out the previous episodes just so you're up to speed as to what we're talking about. It can at least give some, some basic information. So I will always say traditions are that next level. They get a little crazy. They're, they're, they take some additional effort and figuring stuff out maybe than, than we would have previously done in our recoveries. But that's what's fun about it. We get to learn these things and see how they apply you know, to the fellowship as a whole. Now, as I say, I always want to read the tradition as it says. But because I don't want to identify what fellowship I'm a part of to stay in line with the traditions, I will be using a sensor button. So when you hear something go, it's totally expected. So what does tradition six say, you ask? Tradition six says, un group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, or prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Now, primary purpose, we just talked about this last week, right? On episode 17, talked about tradition number five. If you haven't listened to that, I highly recommend checking it out. But just to give a refresher, what is our primary purpose? Our primary purpose is to carry the message to the addict who still suffers. All right. Now, let's go a little deeper. What is our message? Give a little refresher here. Our message is that an addict, any addict, can stop using, lose the desire to use, and find a new way to live. That's the message. And what's the primary purpose? To carry that message. Very streamlined, very focused, very simple at the end of the day. 
So I wanted to give that little that little refresher before we start going into the into the tradition, just to make sure everybody's you know remembering what we've talked about in the past. We always got to look at what the spiritual principles are. You know, what are the spiritual principles that really stand out to me in this tradition? Because we always, there's so many spiritual principles, especially when you get into the traditions that really tie in directly. And these are the ones for me personally that really vibe within this tradition. That's humility. That's vigilance. That's integrity, respect, harmony, anonymity, and unity. I always love saying unity. It always makes me think of that awesome Rick and Morty episode. So we got to look at what, what is Tradition 6 really for? Well, Tradition 6 allows us as addicts to devote our energy to carrying a clear message to the addict who still suffers. It makes sure that that's, that's what we're doing. It's, it takes the fifth step and it makes sure, I'm sorry, it takes the fifth tradition and it makes sure that we're focused in on that fifth tradition. That's the point of the sixth tradition. In a lot of ways, tradition six is kind of similar to step 10. You know, in step 10, we did daily inventory and, you know, righted our wrongs. In a lot of ways, especially from a group purpose, that's kind of what tradition six is. You know, tradition six allows us to keep an inventory on our group, you know, as members of that group. And, and, you know, kind of do a daily inventory and kind of see, well, maybe is, is, is that, you know, not really falling in line with the traditions. And by doing that, we can spot those potential issues that could lead to diversion from the primary purpose, because that's the last thing we want. You know, if our primary purpose is to carry the message and anything is diverting us off of that path, off of that trajectory, that's an issue. That's an issue because it's not now being, you know, a clear message isn't being carried. So I want to break down each one of these things. It says, you know, never endorse. All right, well, what does endorse mean? We're heading over to get the Webster's definition here. And it says, to endorse is to publicly or officially say that you support or approve of someone or something. Or to publicly say that you like or use a product or service in exchange for money. So the second part of that, we're going we're gonna to discuss later on in the traditions, um, you know, when it comes to attraction versus promotion, you know, identifying tradition 11, like we talk about, you know, I'm not, that's why I don't identify what fellowship I'm in to make sure I'm staying in line with the traditions. But there's other things that we need to look at, you know, especially during the pandemic, a lot of, a lot of ver recovery meetings have gone virtually. And especially at larger events, there's things, you know, added into the script that say, while this fellowship is using the Zoom platform or the Teams platform or YouTube platform, as a whole, the fellowship does not endorse this product. The same thing with, you know, when we have a big events at hotels or something. It's awesome that we're able to use those locations, but we are not endorsing that location from a fellowship perspective as a whole. All right. Well, what about finance? Okay. Finance definition is to provide funding for a person or enterprise. And we're going to discuss later on about how funds are to be used, but it says that the, the prime, you know, funds are need, need to be used responsibly, need to be managed responsibly, 
and used to further the primary purpose. So if, if the fellowship's out here financing something that's an outside enterprise or financing something that doesn't you know, fall in line with the primary purpose, then that would be an issue. And then the, the final one of, of those three is to lend the fellowship name rather than hitting the from now on, each time that there would be a beep, we'll just say the word fellowship. So lend the fellowship name. Well, this can lead to indirect endorsements. You know, this can lead to where there might be some level of, of cooperation that leads into almost a, an indirect endorsement. There's something that happened recently um, at a, a meeting here in my home area where they became a specific meeting at a recovery center. And the name of the meeting was blank at the whatever. I don't want to, I don't want to endorse any treatment center or whatever, but it was the name of the fellowship included with the name of the treatment center. And in, in theory, that's great. It's a meeting at a treatment center. That's cool, right? Well, the problem is, is that when it becomes the name of the fellowship at that treatment center, it seems as though there's an endorsement there. And that can be incredibly detrimental. You know, as, as a fellowship, we work in conjunction with hospitals, with treatment centers, with therapists, with, you know, probation officers sometimes. You know, we, there's many different options out there to help addicts. And the fellowship appreciates all of them. But they are not the fellowship. You know, and what if, what if, you know, that, that meeting that is at that treatment center and using the name of the fellowship in its title, what if it comes out that the treatment center actually was, you know, uh, embezzling money or mismedicating patients or I don't know, murdering cats or something, whatever, some, some foul stuff that could look bad on the name of the fellowship overall. Those are the type of things that we want to make sure there's separation because right there, that negative publicity, that negative, that negative buildup could lead to a diversion from carrying the message, which is the primary purpose. You know, and cooperation with these other entities is, is amazing. And it's one of the ways that the fellowship as a whole is able to grow is able to approach new, you know, groups of, of addicts, is able to get our message out there to more people. But cooperation does not equal endorsement. And that's where we have to make sure it's very, very clear. Because, you know, as, as, as grateful as I am to going to treatment when I did, and as grateful as I am to the people at that treatment center, treatment is not recovery. As grateful as I am to my therapist who helped get me into that treatment center and helped get me into recovery, that's not recovery. That's not the, the fellowship recovery aspect of it. You know, that's part of the reason why as a fellowship, we'll take meetings into places. For, it's called H&I, hospitals and institutions, so that there is that separation. It's not this meeting. I mean, sorry, it's not this hospital's meeting. It is a meeting of the fellowship that is being brought into that hospital or that treatment center to make sure that there's separation. Because if there's not the, the, the whole notion 
of the meeting, of the group, might become diverted. The entire thought process might become diverted. You know, when an H&I meeting goes into a hospital or a treatment center, they will specify, we are here operating from this fellowship. We do not endorse or finance this treatment center. Because we want to make sure that there is that, that clarity. Same thing with, with churches. A lot of meetings are in churches. But that, that is simply a meeting place. That's not meaning that they endorse that location, you know, that church location. And that can also tie in when you have a lot of, like, recovery clubhouses. Like, you know, the, the North Scottsdale Fellowship Club, which is, you know, where my home group is located. And that fellowship club is an awesome place for there to be recovery meetings but it is not the fellowship it's not the this fellowship clubhouse it is simply a clubhouse for recovery that a lot of different fellowships will meet at and again it's not to say that you know i'm not grateful for every single one of these different things on the list because i am because all of these things working in you know in cooperation allows the fellowship to grow and allows the message to be carried to more. Again, primary purpose. But we just have to make sure to differentiate that fact so that we can protect the primary purpose. You know, it's like, like I, as I've talked about before, I do outside, I do outside work with a therapist. And while I, I'm more than happy to talk about that, I'm not going to share that in a meeting and say, oh, hey, by the way, call my therapist because I'm not carrying a clear message. I'm then, you know, endorsing an outside enterprise. And, you know, we, while it is beautiful that, that there is this cooperation, whenever our focus goes to another organization or a, a, a church or a, you know, outside source of help or a job or whatever, anytime that that happens, the potential for our message to get diverted occurs. So you might be asking, like, well, why does this really even matter, right? Well, it says in the literature, it says, Tradition 6 suggests that the things that divert us are mostly those we use to feed self-obsession. So this tradition reminds us to stay focused, both from a group perspective and from a member perspective. You know, when I'm looking at this tradition, I, I, I know that I need to make sure that all of the things outside of carrying the, the message, outside of the primary purpose, can be distractions. You know, they can lead to divertment. And when the message isn't clear, it can easily get diverted. You know, that is something that can happen. And that's part of the reason we've talked about this before, of using the correct language, respecting the language of a specific fellowship, respecting the literature of a fellowship, not reading outside, you know, literature, you know, if you're in a, if, 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 if that's why, you know, I, I totally understand a lot of people are very religious and have, have gained a ton of spirituality and you, you know, been able to benefit from religion, but opening up a Bible and reading it inside of a specific fellowship meeting that goes against this tradition, you know, talking about another fellowship goes against this tradition. That's why it's so important to, you know, to people within a fellowship to mention, you know, this is how we do it in this fellowship. And it's because, you know, at the end of the day, it says in the literature, a simple, clear message delivered honestly 
and without any confusion or controversy, saves lives. Again, it isn't people trying to be dicks. It's the fact that people are trying to save lives. That's why some fellowships, there is a fellowship that specifically says, keep it in the cup. The only thing you're allowed to share about in that fellowship is that one drug, the liquid drug. And that's fine because that is their clear message. That is their clear message. So in their meetings, using their, you know, their specific language or sharing in the way that their traditions say is what we as recovering, you know, members of recovery should be doing. The same thing if you go to another fellowship that uses specific language and identifies in a specific way, it's, a, it's an act of respect. It's an act of respect and helping to contribute to carrying a clear message that isn't diverted by outside you know, interest or other fellowships or something like that. So again, you know, when members become vigilant or correct people, it's not to be a dick. It's about following traditions and potentially saving lives. And I'll admit, I, I, man, when I was a newcomer and somebody, you know, in my mind, you know, rudely informed me of tradition stuff, I caught a resentment. Looking back on it, it wasn't rude. It, it wasn't any reason for a, for a resentment. It was, you know, just that member trying to protect the traditions within that meeting and you know me with almost no time not understanding that this respect of the language this respect of the traditions is so vital in that time i was just like man this guy's a fucking dick i'm never going here again you know formulating resentments immediately when it's just that that's that really doesn't serve anybody myself included but again that's that's why we you know Talk about having a, you know, fellowship approved literature, not reading one fellowship's literature in another fellowship, not having speakers from one fellowship come and speak in another fellowship or having speakers who aren't members sharing for that fellowship. That's just not what we do, because as awesome as it would be to have some amazing public speaker come in and give some rousing topic, that's not a clear message for the fellowship. It's just not. It's physically impossible for it to be. And again, this isn't about uniformity. This is about human unity, not uniformity. We, you know, I know it sounds like there's these rules and there's these guidelines and this and that, and you know, so much of, of, of what we've talked about in the traditions up to this point is, you know, however you carry the message is how you carry the message. You know, as long, you know, as, as long as you're carrying the message, you're good. Well, yes. But you also have to be clear as to what that message is and how clear that message is. Because if the message is confused, if it's a confusing message, if it's an uninformed message, then that could be detrimental. That could be damaging to the, the fellowship as a whole. And we have to watch for those things. And I get it. There are some people out there. And I mean, especially I've, I've been friends with a lot of them, especially in early recovery. It's like, oh, I go to whatever meetings, all recovery is all recovery. It's all the same. Language doesn't matter. How I identify doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. 
And I get that to some people it doesn't matter. Some people don't care about this level of, of recovery, this level of tradition stuff. And I mean, it, like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a deeper layer. But it does matter. You know, what makes each one of the fellowships different is what contributes to the clarity of the message. So while some people, you know, don't care that there's differences. Some, some people are like, ah, oh, whatever, it's all the same. I went to a meeting. What meeting? I don't know. It was a meeting. While some people have that perspective, at the end of the day, the, the differences are what make each fellowship have its clarity in its message. So that's something, you know, I, I want to mention because I know some people say like, well, wow, wow, that person like yelled at me because I said that word. And I admit sometimes, myself included, I can get a little self-righteous. When somebody maybe says a word that doesn't fall in line with the clear message of my fellowship or somebody does something that doesn't fall in line with the, the message of, of my fellowship, I can get a little jumpy and it's not because I'm trying to be a dick. It's because this program, this fellowship saved my life because I heard a clear message of it and maybe if I hadn't heard a clear message, I would still be sitting here today. Maybe. Or maybe I wouldn't. Maybe the fact that I was able to hear that clear message is the reason why I'm sitting here. And so it would be a disservice to future addicts if I don't try to carry that clear message as well. Again, I know it sounds kind of dickish. It's kind of like, like, you know, but, but it is important. It really is. Because it says in the literature, it says, we have a message and our purpose is to carry it. Anything else is a distraction or a diversion. Again, this ties right in with Tradition 5. They go so hand in hand. You know, this is, like the, this is almost like, like 5A. It's like you can do 5 and then it's like 5.5 goes here. You know, technically it's Tradition 6. But the, the, the thought process behind it. You know, because Tradition 5 tells us our primary purpose is to carry the message to the addict who still suffers, period. That's it. Now, Tradition 6 says, okay, now that's still the primary purpose, but watch out for all this other shit. Watch out for all these other potential trappings that could just fuck shit up and just make everything go left. That's what Tradition 6 does. And it's part of the reason, you know, that... We want to operate from a perspective of attraction rather than promotion. You know, because when you get into promotion and endorsements and things like that, it can, it can really muddy the waters. There was, a, there was a, a, something that occurred over this last year that was incredible to me, like the, the fact that it occurred. And it was a member of the fellowship was celebrating a substantial amount of clean time. And this member is also... A movie star and the flyer for the meeting said come celebrate this member's name with his picture and then said the star of blank movie like that is the essence of trying to get prestige <laughs> that is the essence of trying to make your group look cool because hey we've got this celebrity and that was shared on social media. I don't, I don't understand like how that could have ever been approved because that is like a, vi a blatant violation of multiple traditions. But it still happens. 
And even though, like, something like that, like, there's this part of me that says, like, yeah, but maybe some addicts would see that and be like, hey, he's there. I'm going to go there. But that's not how the fellowship works. It's not about trying to be a popularity contest or, you know, I mean, it's, it's an anonymous program, for fuck's sake. It's not about doing that. It's about showing how we live. Showing that recovery is possible. Showing that the message of recovery works. That this addict sitting right here shows that the message of recovery works. And that is my primary purpose. My primary purpose isn't to bring a bunch of people in. My primary purpose isn't to get more members for my home group. My primary purpose isn't to have the nicest meeting hall or to put on the best events or serve the nicest refreshments. None of those things are the primary purpose. And even things that, you know, potentially could be fun, you know, or maybe get the message out to more addicts. It leads to diversion. Like, as much as I would love for it to be like our, our regional convention is sponsored by Lamborghini and, you know, in we out here endorsing with a fellowship model Aventador. As amazing as that would be to me, that is a blatant violation of the traditions. That is a blatant violation of what our primary purpose is. Our primary purpose isn't to, to be the flashiest fellowship or have the dopest ass shit or have the most beautiful women or beautiful men or who drives the nicest cars. No, it's to carry the message to the addict who still suffers. That's it. So I would love it if there was like a co-branding partnership with Marvel. That would be cool, but it wouldn't follow the traditions. So as cool as this random addict thinks it would be, it would not follow the traditions. And the traditions are important so that diversion doesn't happen. That part. Yeah. So that's why. That's why we have to make sure that first and foremost is carrying that message, is our primary purpose. Please hold my throat. All right, we're back. Sorry about that. I apologize. My throat was getting scratchy, and I didn't want to go to a 900 number on y'all. Not yet, at least. All right, digressing. We also need to look at the things that could pop up, you know, and, and lead to the desire for prestige, you know, for money, for power, for fame, all of these, these, you know, stereotypical things that boost egos. We have to avoid pride. We have to avoid this concern with the perception by others or insecurity, you know, looking at like, well, you know, my home group has 50 members and we have 15 members with over 40 years clean. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? Who fucking cares? Is the message being carried to the attitude still suffers? Good? Yes? All right. All that other shit is trivial. Yet a lot of times enthusiasm, a group's enthusiasm can lead to arrogance. You know, you'll hear some groups will say like, yeah, we're the best home group in the world. It says directly in the literature. It quotes that. It quotes groups saying that as being potentially divisive. And even though it's meant lovingly and jokingly and like, yeah, my home group's the best. Mm, my home group could beat you up your home group. It's still, at the end of the day, could be divisive. You know, so like 
that can lead to this thought of, okay, well, we say we're the best, so we're going to outdo the other groups. We're going we're gonna to hold the best dance at the best party with the best DJ, with the best... None of that matters. All of that is trivial. You know, at the end of the day, every home group is there, as we talked about, uh, from a perspective of autonomy, to develop a, a safe location to carry that message to the addict who still suffers. Nothing else matters. Doesn't matter how cool you are. Doesn't matter how nice your clothes are, how nice your car is, how hot the dudes are that walk in there, how beautiful the women are. None of that matters. And sometimes that gets forgotten. I've been to home groups where, you know, it's, it's almost like kind of a show. It's like, yeah, look at how, how nice we are. And I just, I don't vibe with that. Granted, this was back when I was in, in Las Vegas in treatment early on. Um, and maybe it was my own perception of it. I don't know. But all I know is that that, in my opinion, does not line up with, you know, with the, the, with the traditions. And it is, it is vital that all the members of a group are vigilant and on the watch for these things. It says in the literature, it says, if we wait until diversions create a problem, we tend to experience our traditions as things we argue about rather than as principles that help us carry the message and recover in unity. And this is so true. I mean, somewhat unrelated, but this is the exact thing that's happened many times in a business meeting, you know, where traditions are kind of overlooked for a second or, you know, ignored. And then they become something at a business meeting that get argued over. If we all are being vigilant and making sure to, to make a checks and balance system within the home group, we have less worry of something going badly to the point. And now we're arguing over traditions instead of discussing how to, you know, employ them within the home group. So, <clears throat> excuse me. And while the, while the traditions do directly address the group, there's also ties to individual members. Members can be easily diverted by money, property, and prestige. This is why humility and anonymity are so vital within the program, within the home group, within service structure. Because, you know, there can be that feeling of power a little bit, that feeling of ego, for myself included. You know, saying things like my meeting, my service position, you know, when we do that, we're allowing ego to edge out humility completely. And that is a recipe for disaster, potentially. That is a recipe to, to our message being diverted. And again, this is something that, you know, is, is a balance at times. You know, personally, I... In, uh, just took on and I'm about to take on a new service position within my area. And yeah, there's a little feeling of like, yeah, that's right. Cool. But it's not, it's not my position. I'm simply a trusted servant who's operating in this service position. And it's not because I want to be cool. It's not because I want to be popular. Again, this is an anonymous program. <laughs> How are you going to be the coolest you know, most popular motherfucker in an anonymous program, bruh. Like, so it's not for that reason. It's for the reason that I believe I can serve well in this position and help carry the message, help 
fulfill the primary purpose, just like the message was carried to me. So tradition six, it, it, it really builds off of, you know, tradition five, tradition seven really builds off of tradition six. So please make sure to have gone back and listened to all of the previous episodes of the Clean and Filthy podcast to make sure you are all caught up before we get into next week on tradition seven. I'm going to close with this quote. There's so many amazing quotes that I can quote from the literature, especially to close up. But I want to I want to quote this one because this speaks so perfectly to the sixth tradition. And it says, when we resist the impulse to get diverted, to wander off course, we are present for the miracle. The life we save might be our own. That part. Yeah. That part, that part, that part, that part. So that's what we've got for this week's episode on recovery and development, our first segment of this episode. Next week, like I said, we're going to be going into Tradition 7. Tradition 7 has a lot of important elements in terms of keeping groups themselves and being able to have that ownership over their autonomy. But we will get into that, obviously, next week. Now it's time to get into our next segment of the show entitled My Favorite Moment of the Week. Again, I do not have a sponsor by Bang for this segment yet. I should, since if you're watching me on on YouTube right now, I am drinking a delicious key lime flavored Bang energy drink. Bang, please sponsor me. It'll be very cheap. Probably a case or two of Bang a month. I'll give you a shout out. If you're not watching, I'm currently drinking a Bang energy drink. Soon to be sponsored. All right. So this part of the show is where I like to look at something that has occurred over the last week. And it might be something from sports or news or pop culture or Instagram or TikTok or just something that happened in my life that was fun, that I liked. It was supposed to be my favorite moment. I am way too indecisive to have a favorite moment, so we talk about a bunch of stuff. This is the Week Roundup with yours truly. Again, this is my opinion. There's some experience, strength, and hope, but it's a lot of my opinion. So realize that this part is for me. And hey, hopefully y'all had some of the same favorite moments as well. If you guys had an awesome favorite moment, saw something amazing on Instagram or Twitter or something, send it over to me on any social media platform and check it out. Maybe it'll get into the show. So... First off, it's going to be on here every week. We've got to talk about playoff basketball, y'all. Playoff basketball doing things. This has been some of the most exciting playoff basketball I can remember in a while. All of the, the series are pretty damn competitive. Philadelphia went in to Atlanta and won for the first time anybody's won in Atlanta in like two months. But then Atlanta came back, tied it up. Best of three series now. Tied up 2-2. Who's going to win two out of three next games? I'm going to say Philadelphia. I, 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 that's, that's what I'm going with. Next up, Clippers. They woke up at the Jazz. Won the last two games. Now that series is 2-2. Who am I picking? I'm picking the Jazz, but we're going to discuss this a little bit more, a little bit further. Next up, the Bucks. After getting lambasted, flambayed, fucking slap chopped out of existence in the first two games, now all of a sudden it's a two-two series. A lot of that very well has to do with injury. I said before, I think the Nets are going to win it all. Um, you know, because even if they have 
one of their people out. They still got two other. Well, now they've got two out and they've just got one. Changes a lot. But I'm still going to pick the Nets since that series is also two to two. I'm still going to pick the Nets. But now we got to get to the best part of the playoff basketball. And that's the Suns swept the Nuggets. Yeah. Beautiful, well done, Phoenix. Love it, love it, love it, love it. It is amazing, the, the vibe of playoff basketball. It's been a long time for a lot of us, and to have that vibe back feels amazing. Flat out, CP3 is a magician. I know some people don't like CP3, but he's a magician. Booker is ridiculous. we got to talk about the closeout game with, with the Joker's flagrant two foul. You know, personally, I was talking to one of my buddies about this. I don't think it should have been a flagrant two. Because it's a closeout game in the NBA. But the way he wound back, like, what did the five fingers say to the face? Slap at that ball. Yeah, that, that was a bad look. He looked like he was going, like, all the way back. Just, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it was a bad optic. Regardless, I don't think the Nuggets would have won. Though they still ended up making it, a, a, you know, making it a, a game at the end there. But the sun sweep. Got the brooms out. We sweeping. Mm-hmm. That's right. Beautiful. Now, question. Who would I rather the Suns play? Would I rather they play the Jazz or the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals? And I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people about this, and it is a very difficult thought process for me because in the regular season, the Suns beat the Jazz three games to zero. Granted, one of the games, um, both Spida and Conley were out, but still, they won three games. I only went one and two versus the Clippers. And even though Utah has the defensive player of the year with Rudy Gobert, the Eiffel Tower, the Clippers overall are a better defensive team. And there's just that Kawhi factor that at any time Kawhi can just like be ridiculous and drop 50 in the most unassuming Terminator kind of way. And every so often playoff P Paul George decides to not shoot four for 24 and has a good game. And Patrick Beverly's always just fucking annoying on defense. So for that reason, as much as Donovan Mitchell terrifies me, I also really like Donovan Mitchell. I really vibe with him as a player, but I'm going to go with the jazz. I think that I would rather play the jazz, even though they are the number one seed, even though we won't have home home court. I really do think that, Overall, the Clippers are a better defensive team. I think that even though the Jazz have amazing three-point shooters that could get hot and just blow us out of the water, I think that the Suns' ball movement will work better against the lesser Jazz defense, personally. That's what we got for playoff basketball. Next week, we'll have more. This is the, the weekly sports minute right here. I feel like I should get Keith Olbermann or something on the show or Dan Patrick to do that little segment with me. Next up, we got to talk about the gym because, y'all, I had an amazing couple days at the gym. I had a, 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 a push day, you know, which is chest and triceps and shoulders. That went for like almost four hours. I did 100-pound flat, or actually 110-pound flat dumbbell presses. I did a 205 on the incline. I'm pretty sure that somebody like snuck into my condo and injected me with a shot of Tren and D-ball or something because I don't know where that strength came from. But it was amazing. Also, yesterday, leg, whoo, my legs is dying. I'm walking around super hobbled because 
I'm officially back in the quadruple digit club on leg press. I put up a thousand pounds, which is one of the greatest feelings of my gymming career. Um, I've technically done more than that, but I'm getting back. I also did an eight plate sled push. I'm, I'm paying for it today, but in the moment it was amazing. Found a new pre-workout that, um, while it has a very triggering name, it is actually pretty beneficial and, um, doesn't have any of the substance that it's named after. Thankfully. We got to talk about Loki because we got Disney plus MCU shows. How could we not? Anybody who knows anything about me knows we ride for Marvel on this podcast. It's not a Marvel podcast, but we ride for Marvel. Loki was fire. So happy that there's a show back. Um, I will say the first episode I was slightly underwhelmed with um, for most of it. The setup, you know, it was a, it was mainly a setup episode. The one thing that annoys me, and it, it, it's, a, it's a fact of any time that there is a new powerful superhero or group or whatever, is how do you like retcon the story to explain why we never heard of them? So how have we never heard about the Time Variance Authority? Like you're telling me that that throughout all time of the MCU that nothing's been out of time? Like, come on. Like, but I get it. The same thing they had to do with Captain Marvel. You know, it's like the, one of the most powerful ca- characters in the history of, of, you know, the MCU. Where was she during the Avengers or Age of Ultron? So I get it that that's part of the reality of what we have to do because this whole MCU buildup process has not been pre planned out 20 years ago. It's been developing. So, I get that. One huge thing about this show that I loved, and I didn't even realize it at first, but the the tie-in to Kang the Conqueror. He's one of the three original timekeepers. And I didn't realize that at all. It's one of those things that was beyond my comic book knowledge. Um, I was already excited that Jonathan Majors from Lovecraft Country is going to play Kang the Conqueror in Ant-Man and the Wasp um, Quantumania. But I did not know that there was, he was a timekeeper. So that's exciting. I love when they have those inner, inner, you know, mixed things. I'm not going to spoiler alert anything. Um, the ending I absolutely loved um, and how it, how they had built, dropped hints building up to that the whole time, but I'm not going to spoil the ending. Um, Love the fact that at one point there was just a pile of Infinity Stones sitting around. And the D.B. Cooper scene was fire. That shit was fire. So well done. Also, my favorite meme that came out of that was a Wedding Crashers poster with, you know, Owen Wilson standing there. And then instead of Vince Vaughn, it's Loki holding the Tesseract and it says Time Crashers. Very well done. Very well done. That's all we're going to talk about on that. Also had a fun experience. I'm currently dog sitting. And amazingly, she hasn't barked this whole time. And by dog sitting, I also ended up getting access to an Xbox that I haven't played Xbox since Xbox 360. And it felt really fun to get back on the sticks and get absolutely obliterated. And it kind of was weird because nobody was like screaming obscenities at me and telling me that they were going to like fuck my mother or like, you know, like murder my family or anything. It was kind of weird. So I don't know if like the I was just not in the correct lobbies or if. All of the 14-year-olds are too busy streaming live on Twitch and screaming at, like, Ninja and, you know, Dead Mouse or whatever. I don't know. It was fun, though. I'm horrible, but it was fun. Got a crazy thing. UFC 236 was here in Arizona, and I didn't even realize it. 
Like I've been so used to being in the pandemic and like, you know, locked down. I didn't even think about the fact that, hey, big events are coming back to town. So if it, if I would have known, I would have gotten tickets because I love Izzy. Um, didn't get to watch the episode. I didn't get to watch the event. So I'm not going to comment too much on it because I like to comment on things that I've actually seen the full amount of, not just clips on Twitter, but shout out Izzy retained title. Hooray. Big shout out though to Brandon Moreno for winning the flyweight title. His first fight against Figueiredo was classic and I still haven't gotten to see all of this one yet. So well done for him in this week's news of TikTok news. Still not doing this as an official segment because I'm still not on TikTok. But from the world of TikTok, huge shout out to Daniel Mack. If you are anywhere on social media, you have seen Daniel Mack. He is the dude who walks up to people driving supercars and says, hey, nice car. What do you do for a living? Which is a, just a, such a basic ass concept. And it's cool because he likes cars. So I vibe with that. And he's turned that into a complete platform to the point that he just, in, in, a, in about a year, he had been previously driving an old Chevy. He just bought a Tesla in cash by walking up to people and saying, hey, what do you do for a living? Hey, did you graduate high school? What was your GPA? And some of them are really funny. He's had some really funny interactions, and he's had some people who are just like, I'm this. Cool. I'm this. Cool. The one guy was a porn music producer. Shout out to him. Yeah. He, he, shout out to that dude. <laughs> but shout out to, to Daniel Mack. I enjoy your content. He will be the third person that I follow on TikTok. If I'm ever when I'm when I'm if if I'm when I'm when I'm if I'm I keep trying to say if and I keep saying when I am on TikTok, but I'm not on TikTok yet. I will be on Pornhub before I am on TikTok. That part, that part, that part, that part. So my actual favorite moment of the week, and this is just for me, for the record. I don't know if this will vibe with anybody out there listening, but for me, it was amazing. It didn't occur until this morning at midnight. Anybody who knows me, is around me at any for any length of time, knows I love playing a game on my phone called Marvel Strike Force. It's a mobile game, but you can also play it on your computer. Launched back in March of 2018. I got into it like uh, a little bit after that. Um, you know, and it was something that really kind of like exemplified my early recovery. In a lot of ways, it was something that helped me like through boredom because one of my issues, you know, with using was always boredom. And I had this game to play, you know, and it's a character collector strategy, you know, turn-based strategy RPG style. You know, you unlock characters, you boost their stats, you use them in different game modes. Now, there's a bunch of different game modes, and it's fun, right? They are very profitable. They uh been around, like I said, since 2018. They made $150 million the first year, and they made $300 million a year uh, this last year in 2020 with an average gameplay of two hours per person. They've got uh, almost 500,000 users um, from the last estimate that I saw. It's a big community. It's cool because it's Marvel, so it's deeply tied into the MCU. There's like crossover events, which are super cool. Like right now in the game, they've got a special skin for Loki because of the Loki episode. They had the they had the same thing with you know WandaVision. I actually you know from the the first before uh, Captain America and the Winter I'm sorry Winter Soldier and 
Falcon and the Winter Soldier launched. I already knew where it was going to end up because they accidentally teased a picture of Sam Wilson as Captain America. I mean, I think we all knew where it was going to go, but I had confirmation from that. It even goes deeper into some places. Oof. Um, phrasing? Mm, yeah. Places that I didn't even ever go into before. <laughs> Deep levels within the comics is what I'm referring to. There are characters that I, you know, unlocked that I don't even know who the hell they are. Had to go do some research. And anybody who's hung out with me knows that at 6 p.m., I need to pull up my phone and I need to claim my energy. I love this game. It's a lot of fun. You know, never since my old, you know, my old days of playing COD, you know, Modern Warfare, did I get into a video game. And what I like about this is that you can pretty much get whatever you want to out of it. You know, there's some people who are like super casual players who just play when they have time. And then there's people who are addicts who spent the last year trapped inside of their house who do nothing but sit on this game. Okay, I do a little bit more than nothing. But I play this game a lot. And I have like, you know, out of the 191 characters in the game, I have like 189 of them, whatever. The thing with it is there's always something more to do. You know, it's one of those things that's great for an addict like me because there's always what's next. What's next? As my son constantly says, what's next? What's next? What's next, daddy? Yeah, well, there's always something to do. And it's cool. Like, I'm part of an alliance and, like, we, we, you know, are all across the world. And I don't know any of these people in real life. I don't follow them on social media. We just talk about this game. And it's fun. It's like this fun community element of it, you know, and, like, using Discord and communicating strategy. And, like, that's like literally why I first started getting into Twitch during the pandemic. Like there are people that play this game and live stream it and make their living, make their living, make good money. There are also people who have dumped hundreds of thousands of dollars into this game to be one of the first people to, you know, do different things to get new characters. And for me, I, that's where I first fell in love with this whole live streaming option. That's why we live stream. This podcast is because of watching content creators on Twitch playing Marvel Strike Force. And it's not even about watching them playing the game as much as it's about discussing strategy and like feeling a part of. And I know it feels dumb to be like, yeah, I feel a part of with a bunch of random people I've never met, probably never will meet, and we simply play the same mobile game. I get it. To some people, that sounds stupid as fuck. I understand that. But it also is fun. And at the end of the day, if I have something that can be fun in my life, fuck it. Let's go. You know, it's something that is enjoyable that really helped out in my early recovery and in the pandemic. I mean, it's cool. And something really cool happened. So since I was saying, you know, there's always something new to do. There's always something, the next thing to progress towards. The newest thing in there was called Dark Dimension 4. And this shit was hard. It was hard. You, not many people could get into it. The only people who could get into it is you spent a ton of money or you grinded for resources. And I grinded for resources for like three, four months, and then I got into it. And then after like 93 days, I officially beat it and unlocked Dr. Doom. And I know nobody out there understands the importance of that or how amazing that is. And I don't care. Just like nobody cares that I was dancing around my fucking condo last night wiling out when I unlocked him. I get that. Guess what? This part of the show is for me. Me. And I'm excited about that. Dr. Doom. Yes. I was officially number 10,870 in the world to get him. I could have been a lot quicker, but I wasn't paying to get him. I was not willing to dump money into it 
to simply be one of the first people to get him. But now I have him, and it's amazing. And that part of this show might have lost all of my viewers. And if so, that sucks. But hopefully, it inspired some people to get out there and play Marvel Strike Force. And if you do, holla at your boy. We can get an alliance. We can go just, just mark them, mark them other tombs. All right. So I really wasn't going to go there on this part of the show because, like, really, who cares about my, mo- my mobile game? But I do, and it was my favorite moment of the week. So that's what we're going with. Hopefully I didn't lose everybody. If I did, I'm sorry. Come back next week. I promise we won't talk about Marvel Strike Force. I promise. Um, I promise. Just stick around. So that's what we have for my favorite moment of the week. If you have anything that pops up that you want to send my way, make sure to either email it to me, Matthew at QueenOfFilthyPodcast.com, or send it on any of the social medias. I'm on all of them. Going to be on Discord for the podcast here soon. I'm already on Discord, so we're going to set that up. And, you know, maybe we'll talk about it next week. So... Now let's get into our next segment after that absolute monologue about something that nobody probably cares about. It's time to ask an addict with your host, Matthew N. That's right. In our third segment of the show entitled Ask an Addict. This addict, the resident addict of the Queen and Filthy podcast, answers questions submitted by listeners and viewers. Just given an addict's perspective. Again, I'm going to share my experience, strength, and hope, but I'm also going to be giving some of my opinion. I'll make sure to point that out, you know, while we do it. If you have any questions that you would like to have answered on air, please make sure to send them over to Matthew at QueenOfFiltyPodcast.com, and they might be answered on air. So the first question we had, and also, before we get into the questions, questions don't have to be recovery-related. They can be, but they don't have to be. So ask away. This is like a Reddit AMA, ask me anything. First question says, why does only one form of recovery not work for everyone? And there are multiple layers to this. There's multiple layers to this between different fellowships. There's multiple layers between, you know, the 12-step model. There's different, you know, there's levels to this within the the group autonomy itself. You know, some groups are going to be more attractive to some people. Some people, the 12-step model is going to be more attractive and will work than others but the thing is is there are other options this podcast is focused on the 12th step model because that's what i have experience strength and hope with but there are a lot of other things out there you know that are like non-12 step models or like smart recovery or drug replacement or harm reduction or religion all these things that are becoming like more and more popular over over the the recent time and maybe they work i don't know But I know for me personally, the 12-step model is what has worked and continues to work. But that's not everybody's story. Everybody isn't going to recover the same way that I do. And I'm not saying that those other ways aren't beneficial. I'm not saying those other ways might actually work. I don't know. I don't have experience with them. You know, one of the biggest things lately is this whole, like, not identifying as an addict and not talking about the disease of addiction because that has a shame to it and has a label to it. And to me, I just, I don't get that. Like, I'm an addict. That's what I am. It's not a bad thing. That, that's just a life thing. It's just like, all that means is that there's certain things in my life that I need to focus on. To recovery being first and foremost. 
you know, when people say like, oh, I don't want to be labeled as an addict or, or as, an, as an alcoholic, I don't want to have the disease of addiction. I mean, I, I get it, but I also don't get it because for me being an addict, it, it's not like this, this, you know, personality defining trait. It's like if I was an athlete or if I'm analytical or being a free thinker, like each one of, you know, if somebody's an athlete, they're going to approach a situation differently than somebody who's not an athlete. The same way that I'm an addict, I approach a situation differently than somebody who's not an addict. But that doesn't mean that I'm like have shame because of it. And I know that that is something that's different for a lot of people's stories. And that is one of the biggest reasons why there isn't just a one size fits all for recovery. You know, what works for somebody's recovery, you know, might be vastly different than what works for mine. And so all I can really share about is my personal experience, strength and hope and the 12 step recovery, 12 step, you know, fellowship recovery model. That might not be somebody else's story and that's okay. If it, if it helps them, you know, more power to you. At the end of the day, all I care about is people, you know, getting help and people being able to grow as human beings. So, you know, the 12 the step model is not going to be for everyone. And how, you know, somebody works their own 12 step program might not be the same as somebody else. But as long as they're working something that works, that's the matters. You know, that's the most important thing. So next question we have is what is my goal of working out? And we've talked about, we talk about working out a lot on this program because it's something that's really important in my life. Um, you know, it's something that's been a constant struggle for me through a lot of my life. You know, back in the day when I was younger, you know, I was, I was always athletic. So I was always in like decent shape. But I was never like, you know, I never really competitively worked out. You know, I, I wasn't like, oh, I'm playing. I'm in a football league, so we're going to go work out beforehand. I wasn't playing high school basketball with trips to the, to the weight room. So I didn't really get involved with like serious training until, you know, I was probably like 23 or 24 ish um, around that time. That's when I started training mixed martial arts. I started doing, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I started doing Muay Thai, um, you know, and, and really then developed the, the whole workout regimen and going to the gym. And, you know, for a while that was, that was working pretty well. You know, I never got like, you know, super yoked looking like Terry Crews in this motherfucker or anything, but I was feeling pretty good about it, you know? And I was, I was, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't perfectly happy, but it was, it was all right. And then I got injured. I ended up having to have back surgery and in the span of, you know, that time being flat on my stomach, um, I put on a lot of weight. And when you add in the fact that, you know, I already had been using a lot of opiates, opioids prior to my injury. And then I get injured and I'm using even more. And I ended up using, you know, I was already using, so using drugs was no longer my go-to, my escape, because that was just part of normal life at that point. So then it became using food as an escape. And I ended up getting up to like 200, I believe it was either 287 or 298 pounds. I don't remember which, because I was really high, but it was one or the other, and it was almost 300 pounds. And you know, using food. I remember like when I was injured, I would just lay on my couch and I would, I would make orders from Safeway.com and I would order like 10, 12 packs of soda, like four pumpkin pies, but there would be a stack of pizza boxes. It was ridiculous, but that's what I used in that moment. 
And because of that, like I said, I got up to almost 300 pounds. So I've got stretch marks and I've got areas of fat that I don't know if they'll ever go away. And that's just the reality. And, you know, then like once the injury was fixed, I, I, I you know, I moved to, to Vegas. I started working out a lot more and was still using a ton, but was, you know, was working out and watching my diet a little bit more um, and ended up, you know, dropping a, a lot of a lot of the weight. Um, I ended up getting all the way down to just under 200 pounds. Um, I remember I got to 198. I think that's what it was. I got to 287 and 198. Um, and it was cool. It was like, all right, bet. And then I just stopped working out. You know, meth really led to not working out much. It's very difficult to keep a routine when you're up for multiple days. It's very difficult to keep a routine when, you know, all that matters is finding ways and means to get more. And eventually, you know, I didn't have money. So my gym membership got canceled and I didn't care. Um, and then I kind of had like that, that skinny fat vibe to where like, I still, like, I wasn't like, you know, big, but I also wasn't, you know, in shape, um, still had stomach and sides like I do now. So I ended up going to treatment, um, at about 215 pounds and I left treatment at about 250 pounds. That's what happens when you go from eating once every three days to eating like five meals a day. So I ballooned up a lot there. And now have been, you know, trying to work that back down, had gotten all the way back down to 205. Then the quarantine happened and that quarantine 15 was actually more like 30 to me. So I'm currently about 220 to 225 pounds, depending on how well I follow my diet or how often I decide to throw it all out the fucking window and get a Domino's. But now is where I'm really looking at what I'm trying to do, because I really should be focusing on just cutting, you know, lose the fat first and work on building the muscle. The problem is, is that I don't like doing cardio and I don't like doing abs. So how am I going to do that? <laughs> so I'm kind of doing this weird, like, yeah, I'm going to do cardio, but I'm also going to keep lifting heavy because lifting heavy is the thing that feels the best at the gym. So I really got to say, like, what is my absolute, you know, goal is you know, before I would have said, you know, my, my goal, and I was so egotistical back in the day with like, with what I wanted my, my thought process to be with how I look my, I would literally say back in the day, I'd be like, I want to be the dude that when I walk into the room, every girl gets turned on and every dude gets turned on. They all want to fuck me. That's what I want. That was literally people who know me back in the day. That was literally what I said. Cause I was so egotistical and I was so focused on outside things making me feel good. Where now I just want to feel good for me because at the end of the day, no matter how good I look, no matter how perfectly, you know, chiseled, sculpted I'm going to be, there's always going to be somebody who's better looking, who's stronger, who's bigger, who's more chiseled, has nicer cum gutters, whatever it is, there's always going to be somebody out there. But if I'm good with me, then all that shit doesn't matter. All that shit doesn't matter to me. So while I would say like now my, my physical goal, there's a picture of Channing Tatum standing in a shower. It's a total thirst trap picture on Google, something like that, except he doesn't have that great leg. So maybe I'd want to develop my legs a little more. I don't know. All I want, all I know is I want to feel comfortable with who I am. I want to be able to just take my shirt off and be like, yeah, whatever. And 
I'd love to have a six pack, but I got stretch marks and I got loose skin and I don't know if it's even going to be a possible thing. I don't know. But we gonna find out. You know, I've been thinking about actually doing some type of some type of element to this where we, you know, kind of do this together. Because I know a lot of people struggle with this. A lot of people struggle in a lot of ways like I did with with food or with soda or with eating our feelings away. You know, and that still can be my go-to a lot of times. There's still so many days, so many Tuesdays after I record this podcast, I'm like, I did well. I should go get Habit Burger. Motherfucker, why are you using food to reward yourself? That's not healthy. That's not a healthy type of thing. You know, and if, like that's something that I still struggle with. You know, that's still something that I struggle with. But at the end of the day, I want to be healthy. I want to be healthy. I want to be able to go, you know, five rounds on a heavy bag without being winded as fuck. I want to feel good, you know, taking my shirt off and not worrying about my sides or my stomach. And eventually it will happen. If I really buckle down and eat better and stop binging on shit and stop being, you know, unhealthy with that relationship with food, it'll happen. But today ain't that day, apparently. <laughs> oh, I'm probably going to go get habit. Not even front. I'm probably going to go get habit. So do better than me is what I'm saying. All right. Next question. So th- the final answer to that question is feel good about myself. Sure. I'd love to look like, you know, insert male God X, Y, Z. But most importantly, I want to feel good about myself you know, inside and not care what other people think about how I look. Um, that to me is the ultimate goal. So next question says, how do you, you, how, wow. How do you, you, how do you build trust within yourself and those around you? And obviously this is referring to, you know, from the perspective of an addict in recovery, possibly an addict and newly in recovery. Because that element of trust, it, it can definitely bring up, you know, a lot of things within ourselves and within others. And the first thing I would say, the most important thing is to have trust within a higher power. Because there are going to be times in early recovery, you're not going to trust yourself. There are going to be times I didn't trust myself, but I trusted in a power greater than myself. I trusted in the people that were around me in recovery. You know, I trusted that even if I wasn't going to be on my best, you know, thought process that they were and that they could help me the same way that I would help them. So developing that that loving and, and caring connection with a higher power, knowing that that is always with you. It is always there. Anytime, any place, that connection, that power greater than myself is always there. So using that and developing that first and foremost is massive. And then having those people around me was massive. And then eventually, things just started building and building and building until I had trust in myself. I had faith in myself. I had faith in the program enough that I wasn't worried about, you know, walking down the alcohol aisle in the grocery store. I wasn't worried about, you know, walking by you know a bank and being like oh, i could maybe steal some money i wasn't thinking about you know those type of things because i developed it enough within myself but that takes time you know that takes time and and having those people around and knowing the situation and, and knowing where you are within your recovery because sometimes we might we might think we have true you know we trust ourselves 
and we get put in the right life circumstances with the life with the right situations, and that shit goes right out the window, right out the window. So that is, is in my opinion, it's most important to really develop that that connection with a higher power, and then surround yourself with people that you trust and trust you. But then you bring in that element of how do you gain back that trust with others, and that that takes a long time. Especially depending on the situation, you know, if you're an addict like me, you, you did, you know, levels of damage to trust that maybe will never be repaired and that's okay. It sucks, but it's reality. It's life on life's terms. You know, the best way in my recovery that I've been able to restore trust is by, by doing things, you know, by doing esteemable things, by walking it, you know, like I talk it by, by, by walking recovery and the more that that we do those things the more other people will see those things and the more that those people see those things and realize it's not just a phase it's not just oh you know he's good now and now he's gonna go back to stealing money out of my purse or go back to pawning all my shit because when when we do these things day after day after day which as we always talk about you know recovery is a daily exercise and when we do these things day after day after day people see that and there are people in my life that i know will probably never fully trust me again i understand that there are people in my life who now 100 are back to trusting me and both of them are totally acceptable and totally understandable within recovery because I know the damage that I've done. I know the things that I've done and it just takes time. So that's what I would definitely say with that is it definitely takes time. So that's what we got for this week. We got more questions for next week, but please send over more and more questions. I love having a bunch of questions so I don't have to beg people on uh, social media to send me questions. Again, if you want to send any questions at all, please contact me at Matthew at clean or send it over on any social media, and we will get your question answered on air. So we are almost out of time, y'all. But you know we can't close up without them clean time shout-out. This is the part of the show where we celebrate various extended lengths of clean time, all of the universally recognized milestones, which are newcomer, which is anybody 29 days or less, 30 days clean, 60 days clean, 90 days clean, 6 months clean, 9 months clean, 1 whole year, 18 months clean, and multiple years clean. But we also like to give shout outs for other big numbers that pop up because, you know, it's nice to get it's nice to get celebrated a little bit. It's nice to, to, to be acknowledged for celebrating that clean time. So that's what we do here. If you have a clean time coming up between now and next Tuesday, when this episode or when our next episode goes live, send it over to me. Please make sure to include your first name and your last initial and how much clean time you are celebrating. You can send it directly off the website or on any social media. So we got a, we got a bunch of people today. First and foremost, because the newcomer is the most important person in the meeting. We got two newcomers. We got my man, Ethan. Well done. And then from Twitter, we got Alia. Well done. Welcome. 
And then with 60 days clean, we've got Emily O. Well done. And then with six months clean, we've got Rogine. Yeah, halfway to that book. And then with 250 days clean, we've got Mike and we've got Oldies. Both of y'all, well done. And then we got another one coming from Twitter. We got Paige with nine months clean. Well done. And then we got Mark P, also from Twitter, with one year clean. And then we've got out in Vegas, Pam A, with 500 days clean. Halfway to them quadruple digits. Well done. And then, shit, any addict right here. We got my boy Sky with two years clean. Well done. Then we've got Julia with four years clean. Well done. And then finally, we've got Ryan L. with four years clean. Well done, everybody. Ah, I love doing clean time. Gets me hype. Gets me hype. I love it. So shout out to everybody who picked up clean time today. If you didn't pick up clean time today, don't use and you will. That's literally how this program works. And remember that every day clean is a successful day. So if you have any clean time coming up, make sure to send it over so I can get hype, getting y'all hype. Um, I, I always say I love, I absolutely love clean time. One of my absolute favorite things about recovery is seeing people celebrated for continuous clean time. So shout out to everybody who picked up clean time today. Well, y'all, we are officially out of time, but another wonderful episode. Thank you all for being here again. I couldn't do this without y'all. You know, I can't, we can. Thank you for being a part of my recovery. Again, huge thank you to our episode sponsor, etc. by Emily. Huge thank you to Alice in Wonderland, Valentino Khan, Mad Decent Records for this amazing song, Anything. Thank you, everybody, for being out there. Download, subscribe, and supporting this product. I love each and every one of you. Even if I don't know you, even if I never meet you, please know that I personally love you. And thank you for being a part of my recovery. We'll be back next Tuesday, 5 p.m. All episodes available for download wherever you consume podcasts from. And I will see you guys next week. I just wanna, I just wanna, I just wanna.